They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you. Welcome back to They're Coming to Get You. I'm one of your hosts, Brent Terhune, joined by Gavin Eddings Podcast. Beware, you're in for a scare. Now, Gavin, you're wearing a mask and you've also got a clay bust of your own head on a stick. As and I, I'm wearing a mask and I have a clay bust of your head on a stick. So I gotta go, gotta go scare these kids. I gotta go, go scare Chuck and Steve. Gotta, gotta, <laughs> gotta give them a scare this Halloween. Uh, so, yeah, we are watching uh, Goosebumps, The Haunted Mask, and this is a two-part episode. So if you're watching along with us, it's uh, about 44 minutes, real short. Yeah, it's a real short, but what they pack a lot into this two-parter. I forgot just how insane this actually is and how much how much it doesn't make sense. And just... yeah. It's horror for kids. It's kind of like Twilight Zone for kids. And I I grew up, I remember watching the premiere of this in 1995. Mm-hmm. I believe on like a Friday night. Everybody got there as part of the Fox Kids block. It was viewed, I looked up on IG, it, the, the premiere was viewed by 14 million people on a Friday night. Yep. Just remember a simpler time. Everybody just living in the moment. Nobody on their phones. Just watching the haunted mask on Fox Kids on the phones that didn't exist. Uh, yeah, this was and this was not uh on Fox Kids. It was on like Fox Prime Time. It was like Prime Time on that Friday night, like going up against TGIF, going up against some real heavy hitters and doing. 14. Did I do that? Was that was that TGIF? I don't remember. That, I think Family Matters was at some point what's my... family matters i only know urkel <laughs> see my tgif and i don't want to get a hashtag going like not my tgif yeah but but my tgif was basically just remembering boy meets world i think hanging with mr cooper mm-hmm. and boy meets world like boy meets world is the only tent pole real drilled into my memory show from tgif because i love boy meets world and well you love topanga yeah, Topanga. That's about the only Topanga in history, right? There's probably never been another well, Topanga. When you set the bar that high and you have such a goddess as Corey yeah. Matthews did with Topanga, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't do anymore. This is now a Boy Meets World Topanga <laughs> fan cast. <laughs> uh, TGIF stands for the coming to get you. Don't think about that too much. <laughs> nope, we're going on. But Fox Kids, Goosebumps, prime time you turn on the tv on friday and you get a little fun little horror movie in an hour and were you a goosebumps book reader before this i was a goosebumps collector i wouldn't say i read them but i had (laughs) i had boxes of goosebumps and i love loved the covers yes so i was a goosebumps boy i believe i got into it in about probably the fourth or fifth grade Mm -hmm. um and i remember seeing just an article about like Night Living Dummy 3 and like kids started to read them at my school and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, my first one I ever got was for my birthday and I got Night of the Living Dummy 2. Not 3, but the second one. And immediately the covers were so cool. Yep. And I got to meet the artist at a Comic-Con a few years ago. His name's Tim Jacobus. Mm-hmm. Incredibly nice. Just got to talk to him about Goosebumps a little bit. And I kind of asked him, I go, well, how are you able to blend the or the elements of horror and make them scary but still make them kid friendly and he told me that you can make anything scary and kid friendly if you make the colors bright enough so the goosebumps books have very bright covers mm-hmm. there's still some scary stuff on there but they're still more fun and whimsical he actually signed a print for me of my favorite cover i love the monster blood 2 cover that has okay. like a the overgrown hamster mm-hmm. but it's scary but it's still kind of silly and the colors were so bright and they were very very eye-catching i actually have a thing here in the uh the office slash horror room and it's their parodies of goosebumps called ghoul books and it's <laughs> uh there i have like scream i have uh annabelle the strangers it's i think it was we got them all from etsy they're about like postcard size 
but yeah, pretty cool. Like the house is uh, October built mm-hmm. that movie. So it's like very neat kind of niche movies. Yeah. I love the, the goosebumps covers and what you said is such a testament to how good that artwork is. Cause it still holds up. Mm-hmm. It, it looks very fun and it, it has that distinct look where you can parody it on something like an Etsy. Well, the, yeah, you said the guy, uh, Tim Jacobus, apparently what I read is he spent 35 hours each on uh, the covers. He'd sketch a uh, three, uh, three, eight by 10 options for each cover uh, before using acrylics and an airbrush on the final version. Uh, the work was uh, so steady and so fast. He said that there was no time for each creative back and forth meaning that the publisher would generally just accept what he provided. <laughs> he also received less and less information about the books as Stein cranked them out, sometimes working from just a short uh, plot blurb. So it's yeah. kind of guessing the story from uh, a sentence or two. Yeah, and that's that's what a true artist is, to make something out of nothing or very little information. And the covers never became... You can look at the covers and there's some di- like dimension stuff and maybe some color palettes sameness, mm-hmm. but they're all so different because the Goosebumps books were often unrelated. I mean, you had certain mm-hmm. series like you had Monster Blood 1, 2, 3, and I believe 4, Nine, Nine, a Living Dummy 1, 2, and 3, but they these were standalone short stories, basically. Mm-hmm. They were like 120 pages. R.L. Stein would write them in like six days to send them off to press. They'd be like, give us some more money, yeah. children. <laughs> but to be able to do something like um, Monster Blood and then go do something like One Day at Horror Land or mm-hmm. the Terra Camp Jelly Jam or whatever yeah. it was. It was, these are all very different things, but still having a, a, a distinct art style while, while being different enough for each story and, and to capture that in a cover. And that like that, you know, that there's the cliche, don't judge a book by a cover. But man, when you're a kid, you're like, that's all that's all we do as adults anymore is it's got to You got to be captivated by the cover even to to get into the book. You know, I went to a Barnes and Noble recently and I just went to the kids section because I was looking for something for my niece and nephew. And also I wanted to check the children's section for me. Yeah, uh, sure. But I went out like, I wonder if they still have Goosebumps. And they still do have Goosebumps on the shelf mm-hmm. at Barnes & Noble. And they had this cool collector's tin that came with like three classic Goosebumps books. Mm-hmm. And it's still a cultural icon. It is, it was definitely my gateway to horror. And I think it was a lot of kids gateway into spooky mm-hmm. things. Because it was like the friendly scares that you could enjoy that you're like, oh, this is a little spooky without like, shitting your pants yeah but, but but still getting a taste of what you would have eventually come to love later in life well and th- this is i think our first entry on the podcast of uh stuff you could watch with your kids depending on how cool of a parent you are you know yeah listen if you want to <laughs> listen if you want to be a good parent you can watch the haunted mask one and two it's like tv y7 but if you want to be a real cool parent give your kid a cigarette and watch the exorcist yeah <laughs> At eight years old, that was what my mom showed him. You know, my brother, thanks for bringing him up. But (laughs) she says, smoke up, Johnny, you're possessed. I don't want (laughs) to be like you. Uh, So let's talk about R.L. Stein. Uh, Robert Lawrence Stein, born October 8th, 1943 in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Gavin, did you know this, that he on Nickelodeon was the co-creator and head writer of Eureka's Castle? I have heard that, but it always surprises me. Uh, like I've read that tidbit before, but I always forget it. Mm-hmm. I was a Eureka's Castle fan, I guess. Like it was kind of coming, it was on its way out when I was um, coming of age. And like, yeah, I remember it. I remember seeing it, but it was never like a thing that I had, you know, would sit down or watch. Was that the Skinny Marinky Dinky Dink show with like Skinny Marinky Dinky Dink? I don't remember. I know it was like a half puppets. There was like a bat puppet. I think it felt like knockoff Fraggle Rock a little bit or anything like with Mr. puppets Rogers. does, though. Yeah. What a, where's the Muppets? I don't see Gonzo nowhere. Yeah. Seven year old Rayleigh is like, but then they, they stole the Fraggle Rock, you know, like, <laughs> there's got to be some sort of lawsuit pending for this. <laughs> um, Actually, yeah. Rayleigh does a seven year old say, oh, actually. <laughs> Have you met uh, any new seven-year-olds? Because they're like, actually, Roblox are better than Legos. <laughs> oh, God. Get away from me, nerd. <laughs> As we record a podcast about Goosebumps. 
Uh, R.L. Stein began writing the Fear Street series. That's different from Goosebumps, Gavin. Yes, it is. Uh, the series became uh, the best-selling series for young adults in history with more than 100 books. 92, the Goosebumps series was launched. The series has been translated into at least 32 languages, became a kid's show rated uh, number one in the United States for three years. Do you think Goosebumps books in, written in Spanish are a little sexier? Like, just, just just reading it, you're like, oh, what are they saying? This seems so exotic. Monster blood. <laughs> it's still English, but if you put a little, little, I don't know, spice on it, it still sounds sexy. If you just roll your R's or something. I can't. I never learned how to do that. So You're like, one day at Horrorland. Like, <laughs> ooh. Oh, ooh. Okay, read it to me, Benicio. Gomez Adams over here. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my Gomez. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, love, I, I love what they got. Uh, R.L. Stein was listed as one of the top 40 entertainers of 96 and 97 by Forbes magazine, and he was estimated to have earned $41 million in that year. That man made so much. Like, not every Goosebumps book was a home run either. He has had yeah. to make something. Because some of yeah. them were like, this was, even as a kid, I was like, that wasn't that good. <laughs> like, this yeah. guy just kind of, this premise got away from him a little bit. Well, also, when you're writing one a week, you got to, by just by numbers, you're going to have some duds. I just imagine the, the Goosebumps writing process was probably like, I don't know. There's a kid, and maybe I don't know. Do they see like a spooky snowman, uh, like a snowman yeah. that uh-huh. scared? All right, that's a book. All right. Well, and I I read that his process uh, recently. You know, when he writes newer ones, is he just starts with the title? Because there's only so much you could do if you've written however many books over uh, two hundred books, three hundred yeah. books somewhere around there. It sold more than four hundred million copies around the world. Uh, and also it's estimated that he has a net worth of 200 million, which seems odd. He made four forty one and 96, 97, but you gotta, you gotta pay people, you know, you gotta you pay your just... ghost writers. Cause we all know he ain't writing all them books. Listen, I'm a, I'm a real goosebumps truther. I know RL Stein uh-huh. ain't a real person, but yeah. there were, but there were a lot of accusations of ghost writers coming in at some point. Cause it's like, how's this man, this man must be doing nothing, nothing but writing. Okay. Yeah. Children's fiction. But I mean, 120 pages. Yeah, you you could. Uh, yeah. So and I don't d- care. I don't care. I don't. Like, I don't either. I and each Goosebumps book does. There is a formula to a Goosebumps book. Mm-hmm. There's usually like a setup. Kids are gonna be there. The, the characters are always kids. Nobody dies. So you don't have to worry about like killing any characters. You got to put them in some mild peril. Yeah. There's usually a twist at the end, and then there might be like some kind of moral of the story. They're and driving in the van. They take a shortcut uh shaggy gets high and then they gotta find out who's stealing or chasing everybody off to get the real estate cheaper or something and as always as we've established on this podcast it's always bubblegum jones from the harlem Globetrotters, <laughs> uh who's disguised as don knotts <laughs> uh the episode we're about to talk about the haunted mask is the 11th book in the original goosebump series uh published by scholastic uh, when Stein appeared at the, the top of the USA Today bestseller 94, Margaret uh, Loesch, I think, the CEO, Fox Kids at the time took notice. She brought he bought she uh, bought her son a copy of Goosebumps uh, book, Say Cheese and Die. His positive response led it to being uh, one of the top uh, series. So and you can thank is, her son. And that kid is now a high ranking executive at Comcast. Hey, <laughs> I hope. But that that's a real telling when you actually, if you know if you want to make a show for kids that they'll like, give them what you're wanting to make and see if they like it. Because mm-hmm. so many times you have these rooms full of adults that are like, oh, well, I bet kids will like like this. And they, and they hate it. You have to let things happen organically. So by that's a really good measuring stick of if they were going, if it was going to be a hit. And Say Cheese and Die is one of the most iconic covers of the entire series with like the family of skeletons at a barbecue mm-hmm. on a Polaroid. And yeah. then also Haunted Mask is the perfect first episode for this series because it's one of the most, I think it's one of the most well-known stories and definitely one of, if not the most famous Goosebumps cover. I would say so. Besides Slappy, you know, Slappy's kind of the other guy too. Yeah, Slappy and Slappy and the Haunted Mask are Slappy Monster. Uh, I think 
Slappy, Monster Blood, and the Haunted Mask are like the trinity of Goosebumps lore. Uh, Stein wasn't always scary. Before hitting it big with uh, horror, he dabbled in comedy writing for a humor magazine at the Ohio State University, published more than 100 joke books under the pen name Jovial Bob. But the first <laughs> horror book he wrote, uh, Blind Date, was a bestseller, which caused him to switch genres. Uh, he found inspiration for his scary stories in his own childhood. He said, I always was afraid of a lot of things, which later came in handy, of course, because I could remember the feeling of panic, the feeling of what it's like to be a frightened kid. And Jovial Bob, by the way, incredible pin name. That is incredible. And I think from now on, when I do stand up, I want to be known <laughs> as Jovial Bob. But that is, I think what's so cool about going from comedy writing to horror is that it seems like a lot more people are doing that nowadays, going from comedy to horror. You've got Jordan Peele. Jovial Jordan Peele. Jovial Jordan Peele. <laughs> uh, an incredible sketch comedian, incredibly funny. And really one of the freshest voices in horror with mm -hmm. us, Nope, Get Out. And then recently, Zach Kreger from The Whitest Kids You Know has stepped into horror with the surprisingly incredible Barbarian. So oh, I haven't seen that. I didn't know he was behind that. Yeah, I didn't either because I enjoy a lot of Whitest Kids You Know sketches. And mm -hmm. I was like, Zach Kreger, okay, I look him up. And uh, actually, I like Barbarian so much. I sent him a direct message on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I was like, you're never going to see this. I really love Barbarian. You're very funny. And you are and you have like a lot of great ideas. He's like, thanks, Gavin. I appreciate it. So he like responded to me on Twitter. Oh, uh, nice. I know. Nice. Got that in. I'm going to be in a new movie. No. I know you will. Also, Danny McBride. Yeah. Can't they, forget they, with the, the new Halloween trilogy, depending on, you know, if you think they're dumb or not. But uh, I, I think they're great. And I think that there's an, I, I think the, the transition from comedy to horror, it seems, I don't know if it seems like an easy transition because with comedy and horror, you're trying to elicit a response, a very specific response. Mm -hmm. With comedy, you're trying to get laughter. With horror, you're trying to get terror. You're trying to get scares. And if you're a good comedian and you're good at getting emotions of laughter, then I think that it translates into being able to get other emotions as well. Also, we're deeply depressed people. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so that I also sense. think with comedy and horror, you're both a lot of times it's a commentary on society. So it's a reflection of what's already happening. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, like uh, we talked on uh, last week on Saw. I uh, floated the premise that's not mine. I heard it somewhere else, but uh, the torture porn, the uh, Iraq war going on, is this a reflection of what's already going on? You know, that type of mm -hmm. thing. And do you think Goosebumps is also a reflection of the Iraq war? Yeah, I think? think so. Even before <laughs> it happened, it was it, there. I'll just say this. You just look in the background. You can see them towers. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so weird because this show was filmed in Canada. So it's, they must yeah, have, yeah. must have been real close. Must have been in like Montreal, somewhere yeah. around there. If you just got to zoom in real close, but you, you, yeah. you can see the thing glimpse. Sorry. <laughs> uh well, so I one of your favorites, I I think, Gavin, the uh, inspiration for Slappy. Uh one of the most famous goosebump characters is an evil ventriloquist dummy that appears in a number of books. Stein says. Some of the inspiration for Slappy came from a bedtime story his mother used to read him, Pinocchio. Hmm. There's a chapter, he, he said, which I, I've never forgotten, where Pinocchio falls asleep on his feet on the stove and burns his feet off. Jesus. Which is, that's, yeah, I know, for a child. <laughs> uh, he also attributed the idea to the 1940s horror uh, movie Dead of Night and also the episode of The Twilight Zone, uh, uh, an episode of the Twilight Zone and the William Golden book Magic. I don't know the magic, but uh, I don't know magic, but I think the Twilight Zone. It, did he say the uh, Slappy was uh, inspired by the Twilight Zone? Uh, yeah, and so I'm guessing be it would be Talkie Tina. Yeah, Talkie Tina. Well, uh, there's also one where the ventriloquist dummy talks too, and I don't remember what that one's called. Yeah. Uh, also, it, it's talking Tina. I said talky Tina. So uh, I know we'll get like, like it's talking Tina. How do you not know the most famous Twilight Zone? So I wanted to I say talky my... Tina. Do you? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to I just wanted to say I just wanted to say it so that people in the comments are like, well, you don't even know anything. So I, I beat you to it. Angry commenters. Um, Actually, the um, actually podcast got it right when they did their deep dive into Rod Serling. Uh, uh, Jovial uh, Bob said his, his writing <laughs> process. So that I create a, a, a cheat sheet on every character in the book, 
I write down the character name and a few characteristics that really helps me. People ask me all the time about writer's block. And I say, if you have an outline, you know, everything that's going to happen in your book, how could you have writer's block? Uh, now that's the fun part is writing it. So I, I think that's, that's not even out of place of writer writers to write about their characters, to know where they're going and then just write it out. That's how I would do anything, you know? Yeah. Any I, like that, so, I like that. He's like, listen, the real secret is to just have an outline to that. You can follow it. It's like, Oh damn. Okay. You just yeah. never have. I love that. He's like, I never have writers block. Never do. Cause I know where they're going. It's like, okay, shut up. Okay. You're yeah. writing a hundred page children's books. I get it. <laughs> they're very good. And I love, love them, but you're not writing war and peace every month. For, yeah, for you're writing money. hamsters and, and lizard <laughs> Hamster. people. Yes, exactly. Now the lizard people, he was onto something there. He was onto something there. Look at that cover. You can see them towers. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to talk about the Goosebump show a little bit? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so this premiered on in October of 1995. I remember it was a big event. It was a big deal. Like I had friends over to watch this. Actually, mm -hmm. it was like the big deal. Haunted Mask was an absolutely great first episode to do it. Two-parter, 44 minutes. And this is the absolute most 90s thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm -hmm. I love it. It has aged like milk, but in that great, <laughs> but in that absolutely fantastic way. And some episodes don't start with R.L. Stein talking to you. Yeah, jovial Bob. <laughs> And I just, I, I turned to Stephanie when we wall watched together and I go, this is the most Jewish man I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. Uh, he, he's low energy, Bob. Yeah. There, hello. Like, welcome. <laughs> Are you, hello. Would you like to hear a scary story? And what I loved about R.L. Stein welcoming you into like the mass shop and like, hey, I'm going to talk about Goosebumps. I'm R.L. Stein, writer of the Goosebumps books. Mm -hmm. And he then tells you the whole goddamn plot and what's going to happen. Yeah. He's like, she's going to find herself and find out. And I'm like, well, why we got to watch Jovial Bob? Yeah. What's the next 44 minutes for? I want to see him do a podcast about every one of the books or the at TV episodes. Just give me the two minute R.L. Stein that give me the instead of the cliff notes. <laughs> Give me the bot, the jovial Bob notes. Just giving you a real quick summary. Yes. Well, this is called the Abominable Snowman in Pasadena. It's about a snowman who finds himself in Pasadena, <laughs> California, and some characters will find him. And I'm sure it'll all be resolved very helpfully or very graciously. <laughs> like, okay, great. This is a thanks, great Bob. I read all your books in one <laughs> podcast. But how do you feel about him welcoming you to the episode? Uh, he's low energy, but I don't hate it. He, it's very, there's a charm to him. And I, th do you, I think before then you kind of didn't really know what the author looked like unless there was a picture on the back of the book, you know, was it 95? Yeah. 95. So I don't think I, yeah, I don't think I know what he looked like, but before seeing that. Yeah. I think I, I also, there's like a charm to like hosting something. I like that. Do you think he was do you think he was trying to be like a kid's version of like the crypt keeper only with <laughs> less <laughs> only, uh, only with less jokes and less energy and charm and everything? It, it's like uh if NPR hosted uh, goosebumps. <laughs> I I like it and I uh I don't know, but then I've kind of grown up knowing what he looks like from those shows, you know? Yeah. I do like R.L. Stein being described as NPR Crypt Keeper. That's the best yeah. thing. Uh, we we did skip over, though, and then that was my fault. Before we're welcomed by Mr. Stein, hello. Mm -hmm. he, oh, yeah, yeah. We got that opening. That song is so good. Mm -hmm. I love it. Just the, the man with a briefcase just spreading his papers everywhere to anywhere. And... Uh, the letter G flies out and mm -hmm. begins terrorizing the neighborhood. It changes a billboard to, it doesn't even change the billboard to something scary. It just makes them look like perturbed out of the shower. Like her hair goes flat or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh, that's not, I guess that's what she trying to straighten her hair. Does this yeah. straighten hair? Is that what it does? And then of course we have the dog from Poltergeist. <laughs> 
<laughs> of course, making its film reemergence. Yeah. If you've listened to all the other episodes, you get this. But yeah. the dog from Poltergeist kills it as dog sitting on the porch yep. with a, the most basic 1995 yellow eyes overlay on the that blackest place. eyes <laughs> the, the devil's eyes the blackest eyes the goodest boy <laughs> that and that is i recently uh we want to went on like a, a thing of watching goosebumps just random episodes and that is from an episode uh the, and i was like oh you know when you like see a part from the credits of a show and you're like oh this is actually a whole show I've yeah. been seeing this image forever. And it was like that. I was like, that's that dog from Poltergeist. <laughs> There's that doggy doing stuff. Yeah. And the Goosebumps, the Goosebumps theme did not need to do a reprise of the theme with a dog barking, but it reviewer beware, you're in <laughs> for a scare. It's such a good opening. Mm-hmm. I that used to it. scare me as a kid. That opening. And when we do recommendations, there's another show that would scare the shit out of me, too. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I almost yeah. brought it up. Thank you for putting yeah. But yeah, this is this is very tame compared to that other children's horror show opening that yeah. we will get to. But this is such a fun opening. It's very catchy, and mm-hmm. I truly do love it. Like, I, it's, I, it always puts me in a good mood, and I, it's, it's great. Uh, there's a thing that the producer wife and I like to do. We are watching, you know, just random episodes and, uh, I started humming the song, but as Peter Griffin, <laughs> can you see like, instead of the, them doing the regular family guy intro, they do a whole intro and it's replacing the, the family guy characters with the characters from the Go- the goosebumps opening. So of course, Brian is the dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lois is the lady on the, the uh billboard and it's like you could have peter being like <laughs> that's a so like i just will hum that occasionally around the house peter griffin doing the go the goosebump song that's a very deep cut and it requires people to know a lot of things one what peter griffin sounds like two what the goosebumps <laughs> yeah. theme is but, but when you find that overlap of a person like me that's brilliant and i love it oh Thank you very much. Uh, I hope they steal it for Family Guy one of these days. <laughs> I keep sending them this one specific joke, and they and they won't do it. They won't hire do me, it. God damn it! Uh, um, we meet Carly Beth here. Carly Beth, who like let's be, she is bullied by everybody, and the school is doing nothing to stop <laughs> any of it. She is just the most bullied. She talks about how scared she is of stuff. Mm-hmm. She just. She's just out here trying to live her life and trying to have a good Halloween and people torture her. I think she's a scaredy cat. I think she's a... The, the kid is scared of everything. And I, I get being a little scared, but she's scared of everything. Well, first off, I don't know why they're going pumpkin patch hunting in the middle of the night if you're scared of everything. Yeah, that's with nobody around. That's, no asking for, that's asking for trouble. Uh uh, episode opens with that with her and her friend. I believe it's Allison. Sabrina. Sabrina nailed it. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> her friend Sabrina going pumpkin patch hunting, and they are just, you know, kind of looking through some pumpkins. And then one of the pumpkins comes alive mm-hmm. and they and they chase them. And I actually, for a second, thought it was a different episode. I thought I had put on the wrong episode. Oh, yeah, people. yeah. Because there's another episode called Attack of the Jack-O-Lanterns. That's a good people- one too. Yeah, it's great when when people wear pumpkins on their heads. And I was like, did I put the wrong one in there? No, it just seems like R.L. Stein likes people putting pumpkins on their heads. I thought we were watching an early Jackass uh, episode. <laughs> Remember when they put, they put the Jack Lanterns on their head and they were in the grocery carts? And then CKY is playing the whole time. 96 quite bitter beans <laughs> yeah we're talking about all the good songs uh, i know i'm glad we i'm glad we grew up around the same time because like jackass was our best <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. jackass was our teen years goosebumps was our childhood can you imagine um, if they put carly beth in a shopping cart with a pumpkin on her head and then ran <laughs> into a curb <laughs> guys i'm really scared shut up scaredy cat I feel uh, like beating Carly Beth's ass all day today. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna. <laughs> this episode's called Fat Fucks. Here we go. Just, <laughs> just throwing her down like a ski hill in like a padded outfit. 
and uh, the, of course, the the two people under the jack o' lanterns are Steve and Chuck, uh, bullies, future pirates in the episode. Biggest pieces of crap you could imagine. These guys exist only to torture Carly Beth to the point where me and Stephanie were watching it. We're like, she's gonna kill herself. Mm-hmm. Like this is nonstop bullying yeah. of this girl who isn't bothering anybody. She's just no. a little. She's just a little timid. She's not doing anything, but there's this so they they scare and they're like chuck and steve you guys are real assholes mm-hmm. and well they don't say that this was a wife <laughs> you guys are real pieces of shit yeah. you're being a b-hole <laughs> you're being a real b-hole and they're like carly beth is a scaredy cat and like they they run off and she starts plotting her revenge which mm-hmm. i can get behind she's like i'm gonna really scare him one of these days Next day at school, they put a worm in her sandwich and the whole school laughs at her. Like not just one person. I'm pretty sure I saw the principal like laughing at her as well. <laughs> like, God, she's such a scaredy cat. There's a couple things about that scene because one, it's one of those schools. You can tell when something's not filmed around where you grew up because they were having outside lunch <laughs> in October. That probably wouldn't happen in the Midwest. Yeah. And also... Carly Beth, the actor, she uh, insisted on having a real worm and had to do that like 10 times, eat the real worm. I understand being a method actor. Mm -hmm. I get that. I know that Daniel Day-Lewis, to get in the zone, has to live as Abraham Lincoln for three years or whatever. Yeah. I don't think you got to go so method on Goosebumps. I don't think that is a requirement to go. To find that inner, deeper character of Carly Beth, whose main motivation is I'm scared of things, yeah, I don't need. I don't think you need to go the extra mile, but I mean, it's it's impressive that she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I admire her dedication. And she had to do it like I, a bunch. I think she had to do it, do it a bunch of times too, and they had to go through like thirteen worms or something. Do you think they started to just bully her? Now do it again, <laughs> again. Uh, so was, she, she's, I don't know if she's you know this. Worms. I don't know if you know, know this, but Stanley Kubrick directed this episode. Yeah. Again. <laughs> Again. I, we've been here for 14 hours. I'm a, I'm a minor. I don't care, Shelly. My name's yeah. not Shelly. You know, I'm just going to use the first take anyway. <laughs> Man. Where's Scatman Crothers? <laughs> She's eating the worm, and that's when she... I, and this is when she really wants revenge. She really mm-hmm. wants... Uh, they, Her and Sabrina do walk by this mask store, that is never open. It's Halloween season. You need to open your spirit Halloween, pale man. Yeah, dog. Like, and they're like, oh, this is a store that wasn't here before. Like, you just opened up like two days before Halloween, man. Like, <laughs> like, like it's a pop up in Brooklyn. Like, yeah. oh, you've been to the creepy new mask shop that just popped up. It used <laughs> to be like a coffee shop, but now I think they said like masks, and, but it's <laughs> never open. Do you got to get an invite? Is there it's, a password? It's super VIP, bro. Yeah, yeah. I think they sell vinyl too. <laughs> and uh, it's got to be uh, craft beer. <laughs> craft Pumpkin. beer and mask. Whoa, what a good idea. Yeah, he pops up two days before Halloween. Like, you are not going to make your year. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what you're waiting for, but they pass by the mask shop, and Carly Beth has like a weird uh, relationship with her mom too, a little bit. Like they're friends, and her brother kind of sucks, and her mom's an artist, I guess. Yeah, she she made the bust of her head in art class or something yeah. while her dad's uh, away in business in Chicago. Yeah, I, I I was thinking about. It. I was like, I can't remember. Dad seemed to be missing a lot in goosebumps books it tends to just be like the mom a lot of a lot a lot of single moms or a lot of like something i could really relate to gavin <laughs> being a single mom yeah you're like well listen these single did the dad's away you know what maybe i slide in there and be like i hear your daughter's having a real bad time with this haunted mask come here yeah. baby hey baby girl what up i have <laughs> a razor uh so yeah it's a it's a a bust of her face which I get that you love your kid, but it's kind of creepy to just have like her whole face. It's a good bust, but it's like, it's creepy. Like how much it's... do you loved it? But how's her brother supposed to feel when he, <laughs> when she's like, I made a thing for you, Carly Ray, and I didn't make nothing for you. Like, yeah. Get back in your room. 
sorry, I guess I'll make you some kind of pottery bowl that kind of looks like your lumpy, stupid head at some point. I was too busy making a bust of your sister's head and also her whole costume. <laughs> a one-to-one bust of your, <laughs> a very well, a very accurate portrayal of her down to her hair and her facial expressions. <laughs> so she's going to be a duck. Her mom makes her a duck costume. Like, just go as a duck because Sabrina's going to be a cat. Yeah, it's and a good like, costume. It's a, it, it is a good costume. It's very good. But she's like, no, this won't scare Chuck and Steve again. She's the, this is her Joker moment. She's eaten worms. She's been scared mm-hmm. in a pumpkin patch. The whole school hates this girl. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I got to got to scare him. Got to get him back. So she goes to the mask shop, which is, again, not open, but the door is unlocked. <laughs> she walks in. Shopkeeper says we're not open. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I, I want to buy something. He's like, no. It's like, what is, what is your game, man? What is your deal? Having a heated conversation with uh, somebody from Russia or something. I don't remember. That was weird. Right. Like it seemed like he's like, I got to take a call. Just look around, whatever. Everything's on the wall. It's like, okay. And then he just, I thought like listening as a daughter, like, well, maybe he's going to talk about like the haunted mask or like the origin of the mask. (laughs) This may have been just a real phone call. The actor took and they're like, just keep rolling. We're yeah. We're burning daylight here. Whatever. He needs to yell back to Russia, I guess. Uh, also, the shopkeeper could be Dr. Loomis's brother. <laughs> like, no facial hair. Little, little, I don't know what's on his face. Burn marks from uh, that, he, from, that he had Halloween for. From blowing up Michael Myers in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carly Beth, though, she doesn't like anything on the wall. Also, she has 30 whole dollars. She has $30 to buy a mask. That's a lot of bones back in the day when you're a kid. I did the inflation for it. Okay. $30 back in 1995 is now worth $58. I was curious. So that, that, that's a lot. And that's Canadian money too. So it's only half, (laughs) but this is an American show. So we're going to go with the U S dollar, the greatest currency on this God's green earth. I'm going to cover my heart with my hand. (laughs) I just said the pledge of allegiance in my mind, (laughs) but she's Uh, not, Go ahead. That's a big thing to have your own money as a kid. Because it, it, like if your if your mom's going to buy something and they refuse to buy, then you could be like, I got my own money. Like, are you sure you want to use it from this? Yeah, I got my own money. And she didn't have to scrape together. She has had $30 right there with, with a money clip, probably just ready to go out the door. Like, I, yeah, today's my $30 spending day. Tipping door guys and stuff. Here you go, sweetheart. <laughs> She called a taxi to walk down the street. <laughs> Follow that car. What? So she but, doesn't like anything, but she finds her way into the back room. Yeah. The back room of the mask shop, which he left that door just creeped enough, like just a jar enough yeah. to be like, oh, what's back here? <laughs> That's where she found the pornography. <laughs> Chemistry set. It was set up. I don't understand what his is he a mad scientist is that are we supposed to believe that because we can kind of cut to the end a little bit because like he describes how the masks are the way they are and what how they i i still don't understand what the masks are i don't need to, i don't either i don't also, know like i don't know like <laughs> the masks are alive but they're not alive and he said they, they started out beautiful but then turned ugly and i was like what and they can float on their own they are sentient masks Mm -hmm. for some reason also the bust also becomes sentient at some point yeah for for no reason but we're getting a little ahead she sees some of these masks that look like they could be actual masks for like a hellraiser movie pretty good like some some of those are like that's a good mask like there was a somebody did a really good job on these props Mm -hmm. what tom savini's back there (laughs) cooking up stuff is this Tommy Jarvis from Halloween f- from my Friday 13th Part 4? Is he making these masks? Are they is- silver shamrock masks? <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're so haunted. That's true. Um, but some of the masks are, are pretty good. Uh, they're, they're all very scary. But then there's the haunted mask, which they did a really good job of translating the mask from the book cover to real life. Mm-hmm. It's Sometimes it can go a little wonky. They did a really good job translating and it is a very scary mask. Yeah, it's a good mask and like it's form fitting and like 
the kind that like goes down under your shirt and over your shoulder type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's way, it should be way more than $30. That is a $120 oh, yeah. mask. Go to trickortreatstudios.com and see what they're charging for masks. <laughs> it ain't 30 bones, even no. with your $58 in 1995 <laughs> money. Uh, but but this guy gets done w- with his Russian argument that, that the actor was having. And he's like, these are not for sale. These are no, you can't have these. And he's like, I've got $30. And he's like, no, not for sale. And then he kind of lets her leave. Like he lunges at her and she throws the money. Here you go, sweetheart. He threatens this child. He's very aggressive the whole time. Like he like it, touches her face and puts his hand on her shoulder. I was like, what are what are we watching? Well, you're not supposed to be back there. And then it breaks bad for her. Yeah. He, he's trying to stop her. But then then at a certain point, she runs out. He puts the clothes sign. And now it's on like, but she did throw because I, I don't know if they didn't want to encourage kids stealing. She does throw money at him. Like yeah. he's a stripper. She's like, yeah. here's your money. Make Clean sure yourself we're... up. <laughs> Money's on the dresser. <laughs> <laughs> I got a car waiting for you down there, but get out. Of here. I don't want to see you no more. Your Uber's here. <laughs> I got a gift basket. That's I'm like I was that on the... one baseball player that has sex with a lot of people Derek jeter yeah uh, there you go that is actually he, he's denied that being true i don't care how much he denies it in my heart that will always be true that Derek jeter bangs women and then has a car with them in the morning filled with Derek jeter memorabilia i have the basket right over here <laughs> <laughs> i got a rookie card and yeah. i got a bat it was hard getting the bat home yeah that's some tony stark level bang and then hit the bricks yes i would that's a, i would love though if just an uber showed up for carly beth he's like that's what i was arguing with on the phone i was trying to get you like with i don't want to uber do, yeah <laughs> i don't want to do ride share no <laughs> so he chases her until he doesn't he just closes up shop again again you need to be open to make money yeah you can't just you can't have the best mask even if they're haunted back in the back room that you can't sell these like, all right, well, you're outside now. So I, I guess I just got to close up shop for the day. Yeah. I can't, I can't break this barrier of walking out the door. That's just a man who, who like, you know what? I'm getting paid minimum wage at my own pop-up mass shop. I ain't, I ain't got time for this. I, <laughs> let loss provision deal with it. Go ahead. Then but, Carly makes it back home. Makes it back home. She goes to scare her brother. Who she jumps out of Carly Best's room wearing Carly Best clothes, but a mask. And he goes, Who who are you? <laughs> and he's like, Huh? You don't recognize. He's like, It's just me, Carly Best. And then she plays a trick on him saying that she can't get the mask off, which is foreshadowing. Uh, and the, the foreshadowing will pay off in 12 minutes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> not, not, not a very long, not, not a very slow burn. We got to burn quick and fast. This yeah. is children's television. Get in, get out. Um, I do like that she puts the mask on. She scares people. And then she decides that she wants to take her bus that her mother worked very hard on. Yeah. Uh, that's very fragile. Uh, she says it's very fragile, but Carly Beth is throwing that thing all over the town. She's yeah. dropping it. She's tossing it. She's burying it. That's a very durable plaster mask or plaster bus that she's yeah. got there. And she's out trick-or-treating. Uh, and like at at points, the mask takes over and she's like, like <laughs> and kids are shitting their britches. <laughs> it's a really good mask. It, mm-hmm. And the way it kind of form fits to her. Did you notice when you were watching, did it look like the mask was sweating or that like sweat was coming through? It was a very wet looking mask. Uh, that, that's what happens when I wear Halloween mask. The mask <laughs> itself sweats. <laughs> I, I, I read it. Oh, God. So the, the end of this first parter, the way, because did you watch this on Netflix? Yes. Okay, so it's split into two parts. She's, she goes, picks up Sabrina, and they're going trick-or-treating, and she's, like, scaring kids, like, ah. And she mm-hmm. has one mission, makes Chuck and Steve shit their pants. Mm-hmm. Like, she has a one-track mind. Candy does not matter. She wants to terrify these two bullies who have been torturing her. And the, it starts to take over more and more. And the, the way the episode ends with a two-parter, it's such a weird, not-natural-to-be-continued part 
yeah. at all. She just starts like freaking out. She's like, ah, I'm a haunted mask now. And it just says to be continued. Like, what was that transition? Yeah. And, and with commercials, you had to wait six or seven minutes before it started back up. On mm-hmm. Netflix, it's just boom, on to the next episode. But, but you had to wait back in the day. Yeah, back you, you got to get up, get some more beverage, perhaps. Uh-huh. Take a pee. And I also, uh, they also, there's a moment where her and Sabrina go to a house to trick or treat, and Carly Beth is just talking shit to the mom the whole time, <laughs> scaring the kids who, for some reason, aren't trick or treating. <laughs> like it's bizarre. They're, they're you Christian. know how pissed I would be if I was handing out candy as a kid and not going to get candy myself? Yeah, that was pretty. Yeah, I get that. There was. And Carly Beth was talking that mad shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to call the police. <laughs> it's a, lady, it's a child in a mask. What do you like, <laughs> On Halloween. They yeah. couldn't find Michael Myers blended. They still killed Ben Tramer's ass and said by accident. <laughs> you think we're going to hit the right kid yeah, who it, talked shit to you? It is called trick or treat, lady. So. I did like when she's like the she's like I don't like her. I'm like, yeah, you're you better be careful if you know it's good good for you. It's like, please stop. It's like I'll get you dead. Like, oh god. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if you if you turn up real loud, she actually goes, I'm gonna cut you. Yeah, and you're like, whoa, what? <laughs> that that sh- that stick she's carrying around the head on is sharpened. <laughs> just as a javelin yeah when she just hurled that down the road and just speared three kids on it i was <laughs> like i remember this is a lot different i really wish like midway through this episode she would have started to spin around and then spin so fast and then stop and she's wearing a yellow suit and then she says smoke it <laughs> somebody stop me <laughs> like just turns into the mask the movie with jim carrey when she was talking to the mom she goes p-r-t-y because i gotta (laughs) stay it's stanley ipkiss (laughs) why do i know jim carrey's name from the mask (laughs) i don't know i didn't even look that up just so you know oh at this point though the mask has fully taken over her Mm -hmm. and she decides that somehow she needs to kill her own bust. She needs to destroy this bust for no reason other than she needs to dig in the cemetery. Carly Beth is no more. There is now only mask. Uh-huh. Uh, she puts it in the cemetery. And then at that point, then does she run back to the, uh, no, she finds Chuck and Steve, right? She finds, she finds Chuck and Steve dressed as very straight pirates. Uh-huh. And- also, <laughs> counting their candy in the cemetery yeah like, like go home you have a table it's, it's cemetery halloween or not is a little creepy yeah have and you spent any time in a cemetery other than a, for a funeral or visiting somebody loved one i i i did a 5k in a cemetery one time around halloween that was kind of cool okay um and then i made out in a cemetery one time oh noise on my 21st birthday Ooh! Uh, everybody else was going out drinking i was like me and my girlfriend at the time let's go make out in the cemetery let's see if uh, we can raise some bones <laughs> well i i had played hide and seek in a cemetery and that was also the same cemetery that it had a great hill so everybody around there would go uh sledding you go sled but it was like is a hill so one part had tombstones and the other part was all empty so we would go there and and sled and people would make ramps at the bottom and you get hurt real bad <laughs> yeah you gotta be careful ramping into solid concrete tombstone yeah be like and, you gotta be like listen i bet i could jump to grandma's mausoleum i bet i could hit yeah. it i bet i could hit it and then an interesting thing uh the cemetery that my brother is buried in thanks for bringing that up gavin uh, was the same cemetery that my grandpa taught him how to drive. <laughs> he taught he taught my brother how to drive to the cemetery because his his reasoning was, who's he gonna hurt? <laughs> I remember being in the back of that big big ass caprice, uh, just while my brother drove around the cemetery. So I think a cemetery is a pretty good place to teach somebody how to drive. And and the rumor is that some nights on a very full moon, you can Ooh. still see him trying to parallel park. 
Hey, don't talk about my brother like that. That's not cool, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? I said he was a good... <laughs> Are you as mad I talk shit about his driving? You're like, no, he was a fucking good driver. He could parallel park like nobody. Those are my jokes. Those aren't your jokes to tell. You're right. I'm, you're right. I'm sorry. That, that's disrespectful. <laughs> I'm sorry I brought him up. I'm sorry I brought him up. But hanging out in the cemetery, that's a... Like, usually nobody's around. I don't go there at night, but I would imagine, unless it's like a high end where they got a guard or something... You could probably do whatever in a cemetery. Nobody's messing with you. A rifleman just posted at the gate like, nope, can't get in here. Uh, no, sir. No, sir. But they're yeah, hanging I, out counting their candy in the cemetery. Yeah, this is the most lax security because a lot of cemeteries like have gates that close at some point. Mm-hmm. But they're like, nah, let these pirates in. They're cool. They got to count their candy <laughs> on somebody's. Yeah, their booty. <laughs> On somebody's, <laughs> on somebody's grave. Uh, Carly Best shows up though, and just I guess she scares him to death because she's basically wants to fight them. I think like she's very ghost. And they she's like you always torture Carly Best. Carly Best's not here anymore. I'm like we just do it because we like her. We we yeah. like you, Carly Beth. And it's like well, you don't like apologize. Yeah, she makes him apologize. It, it's very intense for a children's show. Yeah. But that just goes to show you don't be putting worms in people's sandwiches. Now get down on your knees and tell me you love me. Now bite the curb. (laughs) I thought I told you to bite the curb. (laughs) Bite the headstone. So mission accomplished, though. She scares Chuck and Steve. They went home immediately and peed each other's pants. Mm -hmm. Just (laughs) you got pee on my pee. (laughs) We crossed the street. I couldn't stop. She was so scary. And then she just digs in loose soil into the graveyard, which means that's somebody's grave yeah. freshly buried today. And she's like, I got to bury my head bust. Mm-hmm. But then mask won't come off, Brent. Mask won't come off. She's like, I'm tired of being spooky, scary. Mm-hmm. And Sabrina's like, there's there's no line. It's just your skin. She's going to use a knife to get it off. And Sabrina's like, no, don't do that. Which I think the knife probably would have worked if you think about it. But you can't have you can't have kids uh, being shown stealing or using knives to cut yeah, on off Halloween. Themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, just, just hold still. Just hold still. Welcome to, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Jackass. This is called the Haunted Mask. We're going to cut off a mask now. <laughs> uh, so she goes back to uh, the, the Halloween store mask place. Dr. Loomis is hanging around. <laughs> Once He's again, like, closed, not I, open. I knew you'd be back. <laughs> well, maybe that's why he didn't chase her. He's like, return business. This yeah. is how you get him. This is how you get him. I sell it to you for 30 To get it off, it costs $50. <laughs> Canadian. And then he go, and then like you said, he goes into like the weird explanation that I don't understand. They're the unloved ones. <laughs> he he created the masks. Uh, but then they somehow turned ugly and evil, but it's not a mask. It's a real face. I don't understand. And I was going to, I, I didn't watch it back. Cause I figured you'd do your due diligence and learn what happened. But I think we're both in the same boat of, I don't really I don't, know. I don't think anybody knows what actually happened. I'm sure if I go into like some deep goosebumps tumbler or yeah. something, they'll be like, actually, the first unloved was an old military man yeah. or something like that. Unrequited but, love. No, that was a good one. And then it's also hinted at that the shopkeeper is wearing a mask that he couldn't get off or whatever. It's like turning his face or something because he's got like uh scar or something on his face and and it's not really clear and he says you don't want to see what's underneath so i guess that's not his real face i just don't know why he made a mask of like an old russian man that just seems like a very (laughs) yeah you're making a mask make it a little more handsome (laughs) give me that tall dark dr loomis and then this is where it just loses any semblance of like i i get the tale of like you put the mask on you mm-hmm. don't love yourself it kids a- i don't know where the floating giant heads that leave the premises of the of the shop and follow yeah. her to it like other people should be able to see this and make a bigger deal about it put more masks on <laughs> carly beth we we are in love carly beth and it's pretty creepy oh like, yeah 
it's super even as an adult i was like this is unsettling i don't yeah for the yeah to see uh mask with the shoulder parts a little bit and to be a kid <laughs> and see that i i'm sure i was terrified and I guess the whole thing was that she needed was a symbol of love to mm-hmm. to fight them. So she goes and digs up her bus and like basically shows it to everybody. Like, look, at this is who loves me. Mm-hmm. We did skip over something that caught me off guard when she's going into like full haunted mask mode. When she's talking to Chuck and Steve, her mask or her bust starts pleading for help help me yeah i forgot about that too and i was like what the hell is this what is this is she carly beth is not there anymore but i am your daughter (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's you could have not had that and it still would have been a good story you didn't need that you know yeah because the bus also winked earlier yeah. Or like was making faces like is her mom a witch what where did she make this what ivy tech class did she take <laughs> that makes haunted busts of your daughter it was uh, the wicca pottery class <laughs> you only get one you only get one credit for it but it's <laughs> worth it it's worth it uh so she she has a symbol of love and she's able to take the mask off yes and then what does she do after that gavin she just goes home I could have sworn I've seen this a couple of times that she drops the mask. Why wouldn't you bury it? Why would you bring that home? Yeah. She brings it home with her so that her brother can put it on and be like, no, no plot twist. Uh, But, but she hugs her mom and she's terrified and traumatized a whole town. So Monday at school is going to be super weird. Uh, Carly Beth, uh, you really, you wanted revenge like um you took a shit in my car uh, <laughs> and i didn't do anything to you uh yeah. i'm really upset because it's gonna cost a lot of money uh probably thirty dollars do you have thirty dollars thirty of course not, not anymore do you think she got her money back for that i considering i i don't think so i i, I think that that thirty dollars is just gone i think that's a lesson you learn from yeah you can't just go around throwing $30 at a suspicious mask people and, and hope to get it back. What does that guy do after? Like, so there's a haunted mask part two, which we didn't talk about. I, I think it's good too, but what's that guy do? Like the other, you know, 11 months of the year. Well, what does he do during the 12 months of the year? He's not doing <laughs> shit. He's not doing shit during his, during his yeah. busy season. I don't know. I, uh, he, I, I, I really want him to just have, I really want him to have bad jobs year round for some reason. Yeah. Like he's just the worst party city employee. I door dash. (laughs) (laughs) What I do is I put the food in the mask and I have the mask go out. I just drop it off. It's very spooky. (laughs) Love us. Also, we don't get paid for it unless you tip us. Who? Uh, but uh, yeah, her brother ends up putting the mask on, and that's the end of the episode. And the, well, and then we get R.L. Stein to send us home with his parents. Yeah, was that pretty scary? I think they liked it. All right, bye, bye. Like, yeah. <laughs> all right, R.L. Stein. Thanks for I, hanging out with us. I think it was a good special. I mean, we chose it for this episode, something it's- to show kids, and I, you know, I don't. I don't need it to make a lot of sense. I just need the mask to not come off. That's how, you know. Yeah. Just need the mask not come off. It, I think it's fun. It's yeah. A, it, it's a, showing it to somebody for the first time now would be pretty ridiculous, but I think because we have the, the nostalgia and the fondness for it that we're like, yeah. even though it's silly and as a mid thirties adults, we're still like, what the hell is the plot of this? Like they really, they, they, they really mucked it up there towards yeah. the middle but it's still a pretty good parable about like loving yourself and like accepting yourself and not being such a scared little bitch all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any oh shit moments, Gavin? <laughs> I think really the oh shit moment is when the fucking masks fly out the store and you're like, yeah. oh, they're, they're, they're coming for you, Carly <laughs> Beth. Uh, that was my oh shit moment. Uh, what was your favorite kill? <laughs> uh i think the mom because she straight murdered her with her words yeah she well i i my favorite kills when she ripped up that duck costume (laughs) 
R.I.P. Duck. <laughs> that was a good duck costume. Yeah, it was. It would have looked really fun, and she would have. It, it would have made much more sense than Cat that Sabrina was and Gremlin. <laughs> yeah, then Pirate and uh, uh, if if you like Goosebumps, what other stuff should people check out? Um, I think you and I both are gonna agree. Uh, are you afraid of the dark? That was the intro that we're both talking about. We can't no. We can, I I as a thirty five year old man, mm-hmm. I don't like watching that fucking boat. Ooh. Like and the swings, the swings, the, the swings, the the the, the match, the, the boat, the, mm-hmm. the the weird puppet thing. Don't yeah. like any of it. And that was Goosebumps was more like friendly and yeah. like you, you, your kids can watch this. And are you afraid that dark was like? You you might have nightmares from from this from this ten plus rated show. Hope you get past the opening credits. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that I would say definitely watch. Uh, Are you afraid of the dark? I can't vouch for the new ones, but the old ones, mm-hmm. uh, fun. Um, go ahead. Erie, Indiana is also. I was going to say Erie, Indiana. Uh, and again, it was. It's been a while since I've seen that, but it was had similar vibes, like. It's like, like the monsters is, is horror a little, it's got horror tropes to it, mm-hmm. but it's funny, you know, like, no, I don't think if you're looking for like spooky stuff for your kids uh, or just n- nostalgia purposes, nobody's getting scared of any of this stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, did you have any other thing that you, uh, any other stuff that you'd recommend? Uh, I would say the two Goosebumps movies. I did. I saw part of the second one with Jack Black, but I did see the first one. It's fun. And it's, it's a, uh, you know, they're throwing all the monsters at you. Yeah. I like the first Goosebumps movie. I didn't see the second one, but I really did enjoy the first movie. And I liked all the callbacks. And it's just a very, I, I don't know that I love Jack Black playing R.L. Stein because we know what R.L. Stein looks like. Uh, and that's not him. Well, so it's fine. Me. No, I thought he was good. No, he, he's good, and I really did like it more than I should have, but I really did enjoy it. And then also, if you want to go a little bit edgier, you can't show this to your kids, but if you like R.L. Stein's work on Goosebumps, definitely check out the Fear Street trilogy on Netflix. Yeah. Those are really good. They are they are very adult. and they're Those loose. are rated R. So Those are rated <laughs> R, like the Pirates. <laughs> uh, but they are very good, and they really help bridge the gap and fill the void that left between stranger things seasons because mm-hmm. i really like that that trilogy and having them release a new one each friday so de- definitely check those that that out as well uh also i would say the uh just uh, the twilight zone yeah your, twilight zone <clears throat> your kid may not be into it so if it's black and white or you know there are adults that are like oh it's black and white uh right. but yeah they're standalone stories they're they're fairly quick so you can get through them yeah, Twilight Zone, we actually, uh, I'm, I meant to say this, after we watched The Haunted Mask, me and my girlfriend, we watched uh, a Twilight Zone episode called The Masks. Mm-hmm. It's from season five. Smoking. <laughs> yes, we watched. Stanley Ipkiss. Uh, <laughs> we actually watched Son of Mask with Jamie Kennedy. Oh, no. Uh, no, no. Because we hate ourselves. Yeah. No, but there, there's an episode of Twilight Zone in season five called The Masks, and it's a very similar concept of, uh, putting masks on and then nah, nah, but not being able to take them off with mm-hmm. a twist. Ooh. So it's very also, good. The rest of the Goosebumps series, if you like that, they're they're fun and watch the Haunted Mask part two. Hard pass. Okay. No, thank you. <laughs> no, no. The, the entire Goosebumps series as a whole is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited because my, my niece is getting to be like four. She'll, she'll be five. Well, she, she just turned four, so she'll be five next year. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really excited to like introduce her to like this this child-friendly horror stuff, like mm-hmm. Goosebumps and things like that. So I'm excited to share that with her and be like, Uncle Gavin, this looks like shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's standard definition. What's that? It means it looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Everything can't be 4K, Ivy, yeah. okay? Well, we, you know, what a contrast. Last week, we went from Saw to goosebumps we just gave this we just gave our audience a lot of whiplash yeah and then let me check the schedule here let's see do you have it pulled up what we're gonna do next i don't i don't remember what we're talking about next week. okay let me go ahead i'll get it pulled up here we're very professional talking about terrifier and that that's a more saw level but the uh the clown movie terrifier was is that still on netflix it isn't I don't know where it went. 
Perfect. Uh, Making yeah. me buy something. Gavin. I think it's on this. I think it's on Screenbox, maybe. Um, okay. But uh, at the time of the, this recording, I do have my tickets for Terrifier 2. Well, look so at I'm you. I'm very excited. I'm very excited about that. And to revisit what I think is one of the most vicious, just gross, brutal horror movies of, of the past 10 years. And and we just covered Saw. So, so yeah, I like the way we have the, like the path of like Saw goosebumps terrifier yeah. yeah and we have another one upcoming later this season that is not scary at all so yeah so it'll be it'll be a lot of fun but i think that wraps that up yeah let's take our masks off let's uh put our our busts on somehow <laughs> uh my uh, my mask won't come off oh no <laughs> oh no oh no well oh, no. Uh, uh check out gavin's uh youtube channel gavin loves horror yes and check out brent everywhere everywhere uh on the field trip where gavin has been many times the field trip podcast so uh thanks for listening and uh just a quick reminder they're coming to get you barbara they're coming to get you they're coming for you barbara they're coming to get you